0: Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is talk radio to thrive by. We're kicking it up here with our second hour. We want to thank all of you for tuning in now, especially those of you tuning in on our national affiliate stations welcome to the dr pat show we've got a great hour of talk radio for you uh first off let me just say i am so thrilled that i'm going to have a very dear friend of mine someone that has uh taken on creating positive change in the world looking at peace in a whole new way he's joining me here today brian mcclure for the first part of the hour and then dr yvonne oswald joining me here hopefully in studio i think benny kind of gave her directions to to get here, every word has power. So, today, I hope you are all ready to get involved and get ready to transform. Brian's joining me here today. I've had him on the show before, uh, and uh, we've talked about the universal flag because that is something that he's created. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we're talking about consciousness and culture, you know, what does that mean to Brian? I want to give you a little bit of information so you know a bit about Brian. You know, he is politically conscious uh, human rights activist and you're going to hear what he has done. He has been a national radio guest and has his own show on K uh, A Call to Consciousness uh, in LA. And so, you know, he has had the opportunity of being in front of some of the most incredible people to look at solutions beyond what we could think about when we live inside the box. And so taking a, a stand for something, as I shared yesterday with the show I did on the Rattlesnake song, it's about taking a stand and, and it's about understanding what our job is, what our calling is in this lifetime uh, brian is going to be at the upcoming wisdom festival conference october 18th through 19th a fabulous event hopefully he'll talk about that and you know we're looking at science and spirit and much more uh, you know brian thank you so much for joining us here today consciousness and culture you know the question is where is this going on and what the heck is it thank you for joining
1: us ah, thanks Pat. it's great to be here Consciousness and culture, huh? Yeah. That's an interesting subject. Don't you think? Um, You know, just coming back from Africa, I think I've seen, I've been enlightened to more consciousness and culture than Mm -hmm. I was really expecting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I knew that things were difficult or tough in other parts of the world. I talk about it on my radio show all the time. But the depth of the problem that... half of our world has is actually beyond it was beyond my consciousness Mm -hmm. and it's part of my focus now it was an eye-opening experience that i had in that i wasn't ready for the multitude of people who suffered in each new day i wasn't ready for the extreme lack and limitation that they had, and things that we take for granted in each new day. Simple things like going to school. You know, I've never been at a place where there were no rules about anyone having to go to school. In fact, they don't want people to go to the school there. Um, It allows for uh, the proliferation of the problem to continue year after year after year. And, you know, I saw in the children's eyes just the most unbelievable, loving, giving kindness that you can ever imagine. But by the time they got to be teenagers, you saw a look of hopelessness that Mm. would settle in and a separation from the crowd. And, uh, you know, a number of those youths became street children. Uh, The problems were excessive in that, you know, I I ended up in, in the area where AIDS first broke out. Yeah. I was right where Ebola virus broke out. I was in Sierra Leone, first of all, where all the child soldiers were taken. And so I met with literally thousands of orphans, thousands. It's beyond imagination. And none of them have any education. None of them have any skills. They don't have any type of programs over there that really give them skills to learn how to be a mechanic or a driver or a carpenter In fact, I didn't see many carpenters anywhere. I didn't see any equipment to build anything. I saw rudimentary structures everywhere, and, you know, I saw no infrastructures. And it was probably, you know, in Sierra Leone, there were 4 million people in Freetown, 4 million people living on top of each other. They had been driven down from their villages because of the rebels that had come in, and over 15 years had Uh, killed and ravaged their villages, taken child soldiers. And many of those people are afraid to move back to their villages or communities because the rebels are still living and they know who burned their houses down and killed their parents. And there's just a tremendous fear in the country. It was very surprising. And and the same thing with Uganda. Uh, You know, Uganda when you get outside of the town, which is a metropolis, you would think you were in the United States. Just a few miles away, uh, the absolute poverty and uh, the sanitation was beyond my sensibilities. It was beyond my ability to comprehend that people should be living like that. And I knew that, you know, just as Bobby Kennedy said, we can do better. It's something that there are not a whole lot of people shining the light on. You know, I had never seen on television or on any news program what I was seeing in the two weeks that I was over there. And I would have to say it was a real shock mm. to my system. It was a cultural shock.
0: And, you know, Brian, what do you do with that? And, and let me just, you know, let me just say one, a little bit more about what, what that question's about. You know, what do you do with that information? Um, you know, clearly someone like yourself, you, you know, the individual Brian McClure joining me here today, creator of the Universal Flag, you know, you are active in creating a better world in a many, many ways. Uh, your radio show on K Talk on Saturdays is, you know, one example of that. Your trip to Africa is another example. But now here you are. You have come back. And, you know, and the question is, you know, where does that leave you now being the activist that you are?
1: Well, the first thing it leaves me with is about 870 pictures and about 15 hours of film. Yeah. And I'm going to be one of the people that is going to go on to national television and start to talk about this problem and I'm not going to stop there. You know, my plan is to go to the Indian reservations here in the United States. I want to take a look, you know. The Indian reservations have an average life expectancy of 53. It is the lowest in the world. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. Yeah, It's something that we don't take a look at. It's right in our backyard. I can go to Appalachia. I want to go to India. I've decided that one of the things that I'm going to do is to start to travel and take a look at the 50% of our population that lives like this because it's no longer acceptable to live in a world and say, well, gosh, there's no other problem out there because I wasn't aware of the depth of the problem. I had talked about it on my radio show many times. Yeah. But when you get there and when you face it face to face and when you meet people that are unbelievably conscious and connected souls, but they just happen to be living there. And they're helping people in each new day from nothing. Uh, it really pushes you. I don't think a day has gone by that I haven't had dreams about the people that I saw. And, you know, it's pushed me in a new direction. It's pushed me in one to uh, shed some awareness. Don't get me wrong. When I was there and I talked to literally thousands of people, um, I told them to get out of their victim mentality. I told them to change the way that they're doing things. Get off their butts and start to do the things that created our country. You know, I I would talk to tribal chiefs in outline villages, and it was pretty much, oh, look how poor we are. If you give me a tractor, instead of having 10 acres that we have rice planted, we could have 100. And I said, if I gave you a tractor... You should have 2,000 acres planted, and you've got 3,000 people in the village, and you only use 15 to plant 10 acres. Use 1,000 people and have the other people feed these people, plant 250, and start to sell the excess. You know, they don't have some of the can-do because they've lived in a victim mentality for so many years. There's a denseness of consciousness there, and I don't know that many people have gone there to awaken these people into what their opportunities are. I saw opportunities everywhere from, you know, creating opportunities to educate people how to be carpenters, you know, how to fix the holes in the roof so people can actually sleep. In many of these villages, it rains, you know, a rainy season is six months, and the holes in their tin roofs cause an inability to sleep because they have dirt floors. I looked at, it, it would take... It would be so simple to fix those problems, but no one has ever taught them how to do that. No one has ever empowered them that, look, there's a simple solution for this, rubber cement or any one of a number of opportunities. And um, I saw opportunities everywhere. What I also saw were literally li- literally hundreds of groups that were over there mm-hmm. as individuals. And And I've seen our world this way for a long time, Pat. I've seen everybody working individually because they want their acronym, whatever it is, ABC for All, Uh Soven, uh, World Vision, you name it. Everyone has to have their logo and their opportunity front and center. Every church you can imagine, they're all saving the planet individually, and nobody is working together. And you know what? That's just the wrong paradigm. It doesn't work that way.
0: And, and, and by the way, imagine all of it. And, and let's take a minute to congratulate these individuals, first of all, for getting out there and doing it. But let's imagine this, Brian, in the way that you do. Let's imagine what would happen if the collective got together. And put together and formed a joint initiative on the many many things we're talking about. Well, Brian McClure joining us here today. We're going to address that question and much more when we return from break. We're going to talk about the Wisdom Festival. We're going to talk about what Brian will be doing there. And you can go to universalflag.com, universalflag.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Dr. Pat with important news for anyone concerned about older-looking skin. Revitalize the water within and even old, dried-out skin can look young again. Water gives skin its elasticity, and now, thanks to Ageless Secret, a water-energizing skin spray, you can change the water within. I proved its energetic claim by doing a test with a glass of water, and it amazingly changed the water through the glass. When I sprayed the Ageless Secret on my skin, its powerful water-energizing effect dramatically improved my skin elasticity by 50%. This is the most incredible skincare product I've ever seen. And there's more. The muscles on your face give your face its shape. The Ageless Secret gently tightens those muscles and reconditions them so you get better results with every bottle or your money back. You've got to see this for yourself. Call 888-424-4247 or visit
1: or visit DebtFreeMCA.com. Find out how you can turn any obstacle to boost your life to the next level. Discover how you can overcome your fear with faith and courage to create amazing results. These strategies are taught by Julie Thong, a Cambodian genocide survivor. Julie is an inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and author of "Kantaya: My Courageous Quest for Love and Freedom, and The Power of Fear. Face everything and rejoice. Call 888 842 2008. Or visit juliethong.com.
0: Are you going through a divorce or are you single again? A 24-7 resource center called FreshStartAfterDivorce.com has been created to support you during and after divorce. It's packed with resources, articles and tips from experts nationwide. As a business personal coach who specializes in divorce and founder of the National Association of Divorce for Women and Children, Joni Winberg's mission is to provide the support and encouragement you need to move your life forward. You don't have to face this challenging time alone. Go to FreshStartAfterDivorce.com. The third annual Alive Expo is back in Seattle, Saturday and Sunday, November 8th and 9th. It's at the Linwood Convention Center. Enjoy health lectures, fitness demos, sample natural and organic products, get a free massage, and receive tons of free product samples. Admission is just $10, and parking is free. Go green at Alive Expo, November 8th and 9th, at the Linwood Convention Center. Half-price admission coupons available at thedrpatshow.com or visit aliveexpo.com. This is one event you won't want to miss.
1: No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Come as you are. Alternative Talk, 11.50 a.m.
0: back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive, by Brian McClure joining me here today. Uh, and he is one of the upcoming, he is one of the speakers at the upcoming uh, Wisdom Festival that is happening in San Francisco. Uh, and, Brian, you're also the host of your own radio show, A Call to Consciousness, on K Talk Saturdays at 6, I believe. Yes, it is. Very popular show down in L.A., and I believe it's streamed just about everywhere. I know that we have a link for it on our website. Uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, go back to what you and I were talking about before the break, and that is, you know, what if the collective were to come together? And, and how, Brian, are you addressing that at the upcoming festival?
1: You know what, I'm, I'm talking about the one thing that I always seem to talk about, and that is what, you know, I was downloaded with by Spirit to talk about, and that's the universal flag. I mean, the universal flag really represents just that, the oneness of everyone and everything. And as the people that I worked with in Africa, when I asked them what they thought of the universal flag in an interview that I had done with them, there were eight people individually that I interviewed separately. And they all came up with the same answer, that it was bigger than anything that they had ever touched upon or been associated with or, um, you know, been working with. They recognized that encompassed every group that they had started and well beyond that. And that when you when you know the oneness of everyone and everything, it changes your perception of the world. One of the big things we talked about over there was the littering that everyone did. You know, in Africa, I was shocked. Yeah. People think that the outdoors is the garbage can. And so, you know, certainly there's a lot of bottled water that people have because a lot of people You know, it's very difficult to drink the water because of the lack of sanitation. Everything leaches back into the drinking water. But they think that plastic is just something to throw down or the rivers are something to take caps or bottles or everything and throw it into. And as I started talking to these individuals, I said, look, when you understand the oneness of all, you know that everything is energy and, you know, that you have a responsibility for actually starting to start programs to take, get the litter off the street and out of the sewers and out of all of the the people's daily lives that will start to transform their lives. And those are issues that we dealt with probably 50 years ago in this country that have never been addressed in, in, in some of these other countries around the world. And as you had said earlier, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there there is no recycling that's going on in Africa, but that's right. something that we should be taking a look at right now. Right? How can we help them to put value? We, I, I'm telling you, there are a million street kids over there that if they could get some money for gathering, they would gather plastic and metal and you name it, and it would start to change and transform some of these communities that they have.
0: Well, Brian, what is that going to take? I mean, you know, we're really talking about. Uh, you're right. I mean, there are some street kids that, if you if you went over there and you said to them, uh, "Hey, this is uh, this is going to get you a few bucks," there are some street kids over here that would do it. But isn't that sort of where you have to look at the type of top of the food chain, so to speak, and get the government involved to make sure they think it's important?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I happen to visit with two parliament members. Parliament members are just like the senators here. They have 450 parliament members in Sierra Leone, as an example. I met with two of them. These two just happened to have lived in the United States, one for 33 years, one for 23 years. One of them went to a college in Michigan, not too far from where I went, and we're the same age. And I looked at him, I said, Abu, you've lived in in, in the United States for 33 years. Your son is graduating from the University of Boston this year. And you came back here three years ago to be of service. What's going on, man? How can you possibly allow this to happen? And, you know, in the hour and a half that we had, um, uh, they ended up, both both men said, uh, son and Abu said, you know what, uh, there are 23 of us that have lived in the United States, and they wanted me to come back. They wanted me to bring film crews so that we could sit down and talk about how we can start to help them from the top to make the changes because they know what needs to be done. They know their communities. I mean, they had me go out to communities where, as an example, the uh, all of the people who had uh, uh, amputations were from the war. And these weren't amputations with a doctor doing it. There are no doctors over there. Right. These were people who would come in with machetes and whack their arm off and leave them for dead or whack their leg off. Amazingly, to me, is that they even segregate those people into communities, Mm -hmm. they put them, I call it the faceless people behind the invisible door because they don't even want their own people to see where those people are. They have no ability to have agriculture, no ability to have food. They beg for everything that they need and anyone would be hard pressed to even find the community. They separate or segregate their lepers. I walked into one of the poorest communities of 40,000 people, four to six people die per day in this community. And they have 22 leper families that live on the southwest corner of this operation. But their children were normal. You know, it, it was just shocking to me. And so I really do think that it does start at the top. And there's a good chance that I will be going back to meet with all 23 members. And I would love to get that on film of how they're going to change because, you know, all I have heard Since, you know, I've even mentioned Africa, Mm -hmm. is everyone's opinion over here is, well, there's corruption. And so, my question And and there's not corruption over here.
0: I just want to say we don't have any corruption here, just over in Africa. (laughs) I just want to point that out. Just in case we're not up on current events right now, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just thought yeah. But even if there is corruption, I mean, does that mean we don't keep trying, Brian?
1: Right. And yeah. Does that mean that we don't work with these people and we, yeah. don't, we don't sit down? I really think that, uh, you know, I, I applaud Oprah for building a school over there. I wasn't, you know, I opened up two schools over there, or helped open up two schools. Two schools that uh, when you walk in, the rooms are, one of them is about five by eight, and the other room is maybe ten by ten. We're talking about uh, just a block building with no roof on it, with mold growing everywhere, with dirt floors, um, no desks for children to sit at, no supplies, just seats that they sit on in, a, in an old, and I mean old blackboard, it doesn't even look like a blackboard, that they can write on. And that's a school where 155 street kids who had no opportunity for a school are now going to school. And they had to turn away five hundred and sixty kids in the first two days because they just don't have enough room the five teachers that are getting paid really aren't getting paid yet it's on a promise that they're going to get paid because they don't have any money you know i told them that i would try to help them get used computers so that they could start a internet cafe Mm -hmm. And I would try to get them some seed money. One of the things I spoke to everybody about over there was that I wasn't willing to just give them money. I was willing to give them money if they gave me a business plan and told me how they were going to pay it back.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because I think the old model of just give, 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 that's an old paradigm that doesn't work. It doesn't empower anyone to make any changes. It's not teaching them how to fish.
0: Exactly. It's just giving them fish. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I mean, and we, you know, for many of us, we, we know enough about that story to know that, yeah, if you get the fish, you can eat one meal. If you learn how to fish, you can eat a lifetime for a lifetime.
1: And that's really the, the proposition I came up with. And so they actually started putting together plans for me. Um, and, uh, and and one of my initiatives is to use the 501c3 of the Universal Flag Foundation and start to bring that money in and start mm-hmm. to loan them money and give them the opportunity. It was it was hard for me seeing these 155 little kids coming from the street. They didn't have a roof on the school, so I paid to have the roof put on. And then I, I paid for the supplies because I, could, I just couldn't imagine. I just remembered when I went to school what school was like. Yeah. And, You know, you go in and you have a teacher and you have a desk and you have recess and you have food. And these people, if you saw the public restroom facility, which was one, there's just one stall. And it isn't even a stall because they don't have toilets over there. Mm -hmm. It's just a hole in a rock. And if you saw it, you would would be in shock. There's no toilet paper. Mm -hmm. There's no water to wash your hands. There is no electricity and i mean i have nightmares it's just the thought of these people trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night yeah. it would be impossible
0: well brian you know i i, I want to thank you for joining us here today i know you're going to be sharing some of this at the upcoming wisdom festival is that correct are you going to have yes. the pictures ready for that or yes okay yes
1: i'll have some pictures and and uh you know i'll be able to start talking about and and you know My goal is to uh, get this on on some national television, to start to uh, shed some awareness. Mm -hmm. I would really like to move a call to consciousness into an hour-long television show where we start to go out to communities like this just to shed information and light on what the problem really is so that we can collectively get together and start to make the changes that we we need to see in our world.
0: I would love to uh, participate in that. You know, for me, you know, one of the things I'm looking at with my nonprofit is the elderly and elder care. And what does happen to people in this country when you put them in? public assisted living. So, you know, we can go from both ends of the spectrum, but I want to commend you, Brian, on the work that you're doing and how significantly important it is just to shine that light of awareness. Thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Pat. All right, we'll see you, Brian, at the Wisdom Festival. And for those of you, go to universalflag.com. Check it out. I have my universal flag pin, by the way. Uh, and Brian McClure's show, if you go to the Dr. show.com website, you'll see right there on the homepage, there's a link to his amazing show on KTalk. Stay tuned, everyone. We've got a great, great show coming up. Every word has power. Every word has power, and who better to talk about that than Dr. Yvonne Oswald, National U.S. Award winning author? We've got a lot to talk about. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.